merciful and mighty God in three persons, blessed Trinity. Today we're continuing to look at Psalm 119, verse 73 through 80. And these verses offer us a game plan for how we can order our inner world, how we can come to a place of emotional stability, emotional health. And in some ways they give us cures for our emotional struggles. So let's look at it. Yesterday we looked at the theme verse of Verse 73, that's the theme, that's the banner over the whole psalm. And the key idea here is that the Lord's hands have formed and fashioned us. They've prepared for us who we are and what we'll experience. And then now we're going to walk through how our interior world can be formed and fashioned. And verse 76 and 77 is really the heart of the psalm, the section. It's the center. It's the core And the focus here is on experiencing his love. Your loving kindness comfort me. Your compassion, it comes to me. And this is focusing on the experience of his love. Love is supreme. It never fails. It is the core of what we must experience. But now notice that there's Two dynamics back and forth at play. It's his loving kindness and his compassion. That word loving kindness is a key biblical word for his covenantal love. It's a legal love. It's a love that's the love that Jesus was fulfilling and demonstrating on the cross as he's 
bearing the legal covenantal curses or punishments for our sin. So that's covenantal love. But then the next part of the love is the compassion, his tender mercies. It's his passionate action, his compassion, his empathy. And both of these dynamics are the two realities of his love we have to experience. The formal legal love and then the passionate action, the compassion. And then notice the two dynamics that go into those. His loving kindness and then the proper response is obedience. You're a servant. You obey. But then the compassion, the proper response, is that you delight. And it's the love of God that holds both of these things together. We both obey and delight. And then notice there's two ways to experience. First, it's the loving kindness. It's what comforts me. Isn't that fascinating? He finds comfort in the covenantal legal aspect of the love. And then here we see this is the cure for discouragement when we need comfort. But then it also, it comes to me. It's from the outside. This is something I cannot look in and find. This is something I cannot generate. I cannot create it. It must come to me. I can only receive it if I'm going to experience it. So this is the the heart is experiencing his love. But then notice how it's framed. Each of the verses have a frame that build to that. So on the outside, verse 73 and verse 80, you see that? Those focus, verse 73, on our mind. Give me understanding. I need understanding. I need to get clear on his teaching. This is cure for confusion. I'll never have a properly ordered interior world as long as I'm pulled and divided and confused in my thinking. But then in verse 80, focuses on the heart. May my heart be blameless. And then what's going to happen? I won't be ashamed. See, my heart needs to be blameless. That gives me a clear conscience. And my heart's captured. And then I will not be ashamed. This is the cure for shame. And then notice the next movement in, in verse 74 and 79. See how both of those verses begin with that key phrase, may those who fear you. See, this is all about the internal battle to order our interior world, but the internal battle is not an isolated battle. See, this may be internal, but it's not individual. You're not alone. You're not alone. May those who fear you, and notice, the community you have, it's your patience that brings them joy. They see me and are glad. They see the afflictions I've gone through. They see the way I've endured. They see the patience, and it brings them joy. And it's fascinating because joy comes from the interaction of others. His patience brings them joy. That's the cure for sadness. And then in 79, his example brings them stability. May those who fear you turn to me. Maybe they're unsteady. They're not sure where to go, where to look, where do I find hope? And they look to him. And so his experiences aren't just for himself. His experiences with the affliction and difficulty are for others as well. And that's such a powerful testimony and such a powerful stabilizing force for us when we experience difficulty and affliction, knowing that we're not alone, but also knowing that 
people are watching. How are we going to respond? And then the next verses that frame it are 75 and 78. And here it's focused on the affliction we experience. And what we see here is that we're formed and fashioned, not just by God's good hand, but also by life's hard circumstances. And verse 75, this is so key in times of affliction because it says, I know that your judgments are righteous. See, this is the cure for self-pity. For thinking, oh, woe is me. Why is this happening? Has God forgotten me? Has he abandoned me? He says he knows that God's decisions are right. His experiences of these times of difficulty are not because God has forgotten him. It's not because God has abandoned him. It's not because God is not being faithful. And this is the great cure for self-pity. But then notice in verse 78, the arrogant who subvert him with a lie. See, they're slandering him. They're trying to cancel him. They're trying to destroy his reputation. And so what do you do when you're experiencing this incredible social slandering? It says, I'm going to fix my mind on God's precepts. I'm going to meditate. It's a great cure for fear. So notice all the different things that this psalm addresses. It addresses fear and sadness, unsteadiness, shame, confusion discouragement. It's such a good word on how to order our internal world. But even now as we come to the end, and I've been using the word the whole time, the cure for confusion, the cure for shame, the cure for sadness. And I wonder, are these really the cures in the sense that it's like a pill where you just take it once and it's gone? Or are these the ongoing treatments? Maybe cure is not the right metaphor. Maybe treatment is the better metaphor because this is how you treat these things. Either way, I find this extremely helpful for how to order my interior life and anchor it in his word and on his promises. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him. Above.